Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Cool, are you ready? I think so. Awesome. Okay, I'm ready. You're ready. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. Game on. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And uh, here we go. On the fifth step, you know, fifth step of the seven stages of alchemy. And this one, uh, Daniel and I were just discussing about before hitting record, as we always do, is kind of doing a little update or an exchange of notes. This one will we'll go a little deep into the understanding of the definition of this fifth um, stage, which is fermentation. So we always will go into a deeper understanding of each of these meanings, but this one kind of, uh, I, have, I have several questions about it. I mean, part of it lends itself to, or, or allows it to be self-explanatory. You kind of like know this process. There's examples that we know of with regards to fermentation that we still um operate with in regards to like winemaking and so many things like that but on a deeper level as we that's where we'll always go um i have a few questions lined up for daniel that um sort of clarify this dark period that i was curious to know more about so uh, without further ado i'll pass this over to daniel and then we'll kind of you know go right into those those questions after we present fermentation on this journey through the seven stages of alchemy yeah, perfect. There we go. No, perfect. Great introduction, man. Um, yeah. So this this stage, this fermentation stage, this is this is going to be a unique aspect because we have a couple couple different operations happening in this stage, and this is the only stage that's actually kind of broken up into two processes mm-hmm. within itself, and okay. that's the fermentation stage. And putrefaction is going to be the first one, and then spiritization is okay. going to be the second, the latter part that we're going to kind of go through. And this is going to be very familiar and also very new. And that's what makes this step very fascinating, as well as just the process of fermentation, which we'll, we'll kind of discuss mm-hmm. in the, the spiritual essence that kind of comes from that whole process, and even what that did to... The evolution of societies, yeah. you know, fermentation, the making of bread, the making of wine, like you mentioned. Right. So in this in this stage, it's a unique time because this is the first stage that is operating in the above. So we we're opening up ourselves to new experiences that we have never felt before right. prior. Okay. So when we're dealing with the first four stages of alchemy. It's really the cleansing of the self, right? We purify our thoughts, we cleanse our emotions, and then we activate our action and we put it all together to make that fruit of the lesser stone. Mm. So what we're doing in that aspect is even though we're uncovering things in our subconscious, even though if we're pulling up thoughts that we forgot about and we're going through that healing, there's a familiarity about it because it's experiences we've already went through. It's like the soul's evolution. You're kind of cleaning out that soul. So when we when we approach this fifth step, it's a unique feeling that we've never had before because we've never really dabbled in the above in such a broad 
immersive situation, and especially for us a prolonged of his time as we're going to do it. And so what we're kind of dealing with, because this is an interesting stage because it can go a couple different ways, and we get faced with a new challenge that we didn't, we didn't expect. And that's what's kind of interesting, and it's kind of funny how the lessons worked, because I don't know if I misspoke or if I if this was the process that the universe wanted me to explain it. But a couple episodes ago when we were we were approaching this alchemical topic, I almost made the statement like it gets easier from here. And it's almost it gets easier as we know it from there. There you go. Does that make sense? That, and, yeah. and it's so funny how I presented that because I didn't realize I really said that until I went back and I reviewed the podcast. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting because fermentation's coming up. But there's a synchronicity to that mistake. Hmm. Because this dark night of the soul that happens with fermentation does sneak up on you. It does come out of nowhere because you go through this bliss in that conjunction stage, the completion of your lower self, this lesser stone. Mm -hmm. And there's a euphoria that kind of comes with it. There's this connection, this deep connection to nature and the universe. Well, what happens in that conjunction when you give that birth to that lesser stone? It starts a process of now the universe is coming down and cleansing you mm-hmm. of the stuff that you weren't even aware of. And also it's going to kind of attract other things that are going to get cleansed. And this is where generational trauma will get cleansed. This is where your racial trauma will in your society trauma will get cleansed. This is where you'll actually start working on the healing of the entire human population, all the experiences of consciousness, even the trauma of whatever the flood was, mm. that flood that every rich, every sacred text speaks about. There's a lot of belief that that, that trauma is kind of in that perennial, perennial philosophy, and it's mm. part of that human experience, and it actually, some of the reasons why we act and react the ways we do is because of that traumatic event that happened so long ago, but it had such a huge impact on consciousness, we still feel the vibration without being aware of it. Right. Right. And then there's stuff internally because you can only clean what you can see and you can perceive. So you did the work. You you went through your thoughts. You know, you took away those negative thinking patterns, took away those negative habits, those self-defeating, that self-defeating dialogue that we always carry around before that calcination is through. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through that. We use the subconscious to the fullest of our extents to pull up repressed memories hurtful experiences, and we did that healing, right? And then we took the air and we did the action, and then we made sure we actually made the fruit of that label of our of that unified cleansed consciousness, mm-hmm. right? But we can only do so much. There's stuff that we don't perceive. There's stuff about us that is still kind of under that radar of that that lower ego trying to still kind of gain control. Because what we've done at this stage is we've we've really slayed that ego, mm-hmm. right? And again, we we know that you can't really kill anything, so it's just kind of living dormant, but we're taking that energy and we're pushing that all to the higher ego at this point, right? But you are the one that created the lower ego in the first place. So if you had that power back then to create that lower ego, the unrighteous king, and put him into power, you have the power to do that again. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's banking on now. You might have killed it, what its false identity, what its you know false identity was, but now this lower ego 
is going to try to almost have its own rebirth. How can I kind of come up? And that, that's where we're going to be kind of tested with fermentation because all that really positive energy that's going to come from conduction, from conjunction and all that connectedness, the over-self, the balance, the peace, the grace that we spoke about, it's all going to get challenged. Right. And that light is going to go dark. And it's a very, very troubling time for the alchemist. And because at this point, the alchemist is kind of left with this part, like, did I do something wrong? Did I fail this operation? You know, or am I not worthy of this? All this mentality is going to come up. But this is part of the test. The universe wants to say, like, oh, I've given you the experience. Now, I need you to know that. Do you believe? Right. It's like a, it's an interesting exchange, like sort of like a trust fall. And that's like what got me kind of, um, when I was explaining this topic, the reason I can't even like articulate what I want to say is because it kind of does this divide, which you're going to go into, which I like that you're, you're already saying that from the get go, like, here's how it's going to sort of take us back a step, but not necessarily because you already made the steps necessary to become the new self, but now the new self has to go through another challenge in order to really, really purify <clears throat> or really come out the other end as, um, again, that, that trust fall, that exchange of like having to take a ne- another step within another level of your understanding to really connect and make that commit commitment to the above, you know? Um, and that's what kind of like <clears throat> had me puzzled in a sense. So continue. Um, yeah, no, perfect, man. Because that, that is true. It, it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's a test. And I like how you were putting the idea of like, it's almost like a leap of faith, mm-hmm. right? And it's asking you to make this leap of faith. You know, do you believe, are you, do you really believe in the words? Do you really want to live these words? And how right. are you going to deal with these challenges? Because it needs you to become what you need to become. So what we're seeing here is just like how the Savior is born on Christmas, it goes through a crucifixion. Right. And we have the spiritual rebirth. So we need to see ourselves in this alchemical experience. And now we can kind of, let's kind of backtrack a little bit and let's think about what we've kind of discussed these last couple episodes, right? With the mission of the soul and the cycle of necessity. Mm-hmm. So again, we're going to kind of call you to look through that third eye and let's imagine a circle. Let's imagine that same circle with the cross in between it, mm-hmm. which is the wheel of the year, right? And we spoke about this in the holiday episodes with Halloween and the Christmas run, right? So what we're dealing with at this aspect is just like how the sun travels the wheel of the year, so do we. Mm-hmm. So that summer solstice, right, is the birth of the soul. And then we have the fall in the matter. And we talked about the fall in the matter and then the cycle of necessity, climbing yourself up through more complex forms of consciousness so you can have the experience of life, right? So we talked about this evolution, the evolution of the soul. So what happens is we make our way down and then we have our first human incarnation. That's Halloween, right? And that's when we realize that we've been wearing a mask and there's actually a spiritual aspect to us. Okay. That's a, that Halloween is really the signifier of the first, that calcination. That's the start of the alchemical process because now we are seeing through the illusion. Now we don't understand what's happening, but we know that there's more to reality than appearance. 
right? And that's what kind of starts and kickstarts that alchemical aspect. So then we travel through the wheel of the year. So that's going to be on that far right corner, which is going to be, um, you know, where that Halloween at time is in that autumn equinox, mm-hmm. not the autumn, yeah, the equinox. And so then we're going to travel down to the bottom and that's going to be the winter solstice, the right. birth of the king. That is the conjunction phase. That is the king and the queen coming together to make the holy sun. But we know the story of prophets and we know the story of consciousness that that's just the birth of the spiritual child. We're going to have to have a death and a rebirth into a higher spiritual realm, which is Easter. Mm -hmm. So this fermentation, and especially the beginning stages of this fermentation, which is the putrefaction, is the crucifixion. Got it. This is the crucifixion. So it does feel like we're crucified on a cross because we feel that the world has abandoned us. We feel that consciousness has abandoned us. And that's what this test is all about. And this is the darkest night of the soul because not only are you dealing with your own internal traumas that are still the, you know, it's still the remnants of that jihad that we had against the lower ego. Mm -hmm. We're also taking in information from that perennial philosophy that's kind of opening up with us. That is the healing of past traumas in our, you know, again, like our generations, our families, every kind of vibration that we have some kind of connection with, right? We're going to be starting to heal that and we're going to be going through that process as well. So in this stage, this crucifixion is the ultimate test for the alchemist because you can go two ways. You can, one, just give up on it and just be like, it wasn't for me. It never really happened. And then you can kind of just almost just become dormant and stay there. Right. And then there's also with that kind of comes depression, you know, and the idea of, you know, the universe left me, which is impossible because then the universe could never leave you because you are the universe. Right. So it's impossible. It can't leave you. It's, it, you know, that's, that's just like simple physics, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we have this stage and this conjunction stage. If we don't transcend this putrefaction and this internal death of ourselves, we can get very bitter. And now remember with that conjunction phase that we've kind of completed ourselves, you're going to get temptations for that lower ego to recreate itself. Right. And now, you know, so now say this is, I'm just going to use this example because I have no, this is just the first one to come to my mind. That lower ego is going to see the potential because you're a manifester now, because you've, you've figured out how to move the four elements it sees a potential there. So it's going to give you just like you can attract more complex experiences of spirituality. Mm-hmm. You're also going to attract at this time, more complex experiences of temptation, temptation you've never seen before, maybe power, maybe, you know, maybe riches, but it's going to cause you to have to go back on that path that you were, you left. So I use the example of like a drug dealer, like a small town drug dealer who maybe just like, ran their block or their corner, right? And just a lower level individual that goes through this alchemical experience and say they get to this fourth stage and they get discouraged by this Mm -hmm. putrefaction. If they enter back in that world, well, now they have the opportunity to run the city because like, no, I'm a manifester and I'm a boss now. So that more complex temptation is going to kind of make itself apparent. Right. And the same thing, it doesn't matter what the temptation be. It could be greed 
It could be power. It could be that depression that you thought you just left away. But now that depression is going to come back full speed and be like, look at it left you. Yeah. I won't leave you. Yeah. I'm still here. Where did it go? Yeah. Right. So this is, there's this internal perseverance discipline that needs to be entailed in this. Again, it's that leap of faith and it's that belief in this process, the belief in the universe. And again, that, that reconnection to universe will never leave me because I am the universe. Yeah. There's, it's a process or when that happens, this is when you find the individual in a very deep state of, um, meditation or prayer that would save them from falling or turning to that temptation that you're talking about, which if people do, you know, overcome that temptation, um, where you're right, the pieces are still the same, but you know how to really move them now. And if you move them in your favor, you're just making that process back to where you were even longer now the next time around. So it is a very cruxy or very, um, you know, kind of like out of nowhere block that, that sort of checks on you just one more time. Like, do you really, like, I think you were saying, believe the words that, you know, you are reiterating or you really, um, what you what you have an understanding of, are you really living by those words? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's intense. I I really, it, (laughs) It's funny because like the reason, again, I'm lost of words here is that I, uh, I have a loss for words is that when I was going and studying this, it just sort of like tripped me up, which is great because I, I understand now that's what it's supposed to do. You know, whether it's the philosophy that you're reading and taking in or when it really does happen to you, either way, it did catch me by surprise. Is what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, so that deep meditation, that deep sort of... Um, prayer that that needs to be done in order to overcome that is is key in into overcoming this process you know moving on to the last two steps yeah no good point because meditation this is going to be the deep almost mantra meditations where you're repeating a mantra and it's intense meditation there might be movement meditations fasting has done a lot at this time it's really that pushing of that the body and almost keeping the body busy and almost generating this internal heat, which is really what fermentation is all about. And fermentation is a unique aspect because it's heat without applying heat. It's an internal flame. The heat mm-hmm. comes from the inside rather than the outside, rather than calcination. Exactly. Right? So, and that's what we're harvesting. And that's actually what we're giving space to grow. And that's why we're dying. Mm-hmm. And that's what that kind of happens. So so again, those this the, the transformation prior to this on these first four steps dealt with the personal unconsciousness thought patterns and the personality. Right. And that's what we were kind of cleansing. We were, you know, morphing the personality into character. And then these last three steps is going to really focus on connecting to that infinite resource and the collective unconsciousness. Right. And further, hopefully the, like the, the self that transcends, Right. And through this process, and we're going to kind of get more into fermentation and what fermentation actually is, but this is the the darkest of the dark is what they would say in alchemical manuscripts. And that's what you almost become. And I kind of want to just give a precursor for next week because it's really important because this is a process that we all kind of go through and we, it would be great to have a conversation about it. But next week, because we've been doing this bi-weekly, 
the discussion is going to be on the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of introduce that, have a you know, small conversation on that on this podcast. But the intention is next week to right. fully cover the dark night of the soul, which is really important because this is such a confusing spiritual time. It's not like any other depression you've ever felt. Right. Right. But the happiness that's going to come through this, the joy and the bliss and that connection that's going to come at the end of this process is also going to be an experience you've never fully felt. Right. So you have to have the pain to know the, you know, the joy right. to know the pleasure. And that's what we're seeing. So this is a new pain. So this is why this is so difficult because this is a foreign experience because you haven't made it to this spot before. Exactly. Right. And so this first step, this putrefication is just the molding of the grapes. Mm-hmm. And remember what, one thing we always spoke about in that conjunction, and I used I used this term to reiterate this, but it was all about the fruit of your labor, right? The the fourth step was the manifestation of the first three. Thought, the emotion, the action manifested into the fourth step, which was the material. Mm-hmm. So the fruit of the labor is the grape, right? And so the fermentation process, what we're going to do is we're going to sacrifice the grape, right. which is the lesser stone, smash the grape to get out the juice. And then what we're going to do is when we have the juice, we're going to let it ferment. Right. And we're going to kill it to be reborn through a spiritual nature. Then we're going to take it through the distillation process. And then we're going to be on the seventh step. Cryolation. Okay. So that's going to be where we're moving forward. So we're just going through the normal process that you would when you make wine. Right. You have to grow, you have to think about growing the grapes. You know, you have to put the emotion behind it. You have to put the action behind it and you have to make sure those are unified mm-hmm. so you can actually bear fruit. Now you bear the fruit and now you're spiritualization, spiritualizing the fruit. Exactly. And that's what we're kind of doing in fermentation. But this death is, it's uncomfortable because it's an inner death and it's that decompose, it's a decomposing of like our formal, former selves. So these, all those older elements are going to rot away. Exactly. And it's a very, again, it's a very lonely, lost feeling time, you know, and also through this experience, because in that fourth step, we went through a massive depolarization. So in that state of this, this new pendulum of the greater pendulum that we're trying to follow, stuff that used to be fun to us stuff that used to be maybe what we did for entertainment or escapism, it doesn't work anymore. So we don't have those outlets to, you know, even if you're into like you're an avid rock climber, this is that period where everybody's going rock climbing and they just assume you're going to go and you, you stay home. You're just like, I just don't feel like rock climbing this Mm -hmm. week. Like it's not gonna, the things that used to bring me joy aren't bringing me joy. And I'm not saying that that's a, a low level expression. Cause I think any kind of physical activity like that is a very high level expression, but the joy that we once had is very hard to get. And now, now that's getting, that's compounded from this internal death that we feel. Mm-hmm. Right. So once we go through this internal death and you go through this process, you're going to have a deeper connection with rock climbing than you ever did before. But at this stage, it just doesn't feel like it's going to, scratch any of the itches yep and you don't know if you're ever going to be able to scratch any of those itches itches so it's it's a very dark time and the alchemist is you know it's just like um it goes from like you're you're on like cloud nine and now you're really really low Mm -hmm. 
But again, the problem is, is you don't know that you're on a new octave, but this is like, you've, you've jumped up to almost a different realm of octaves. So it feels very cold because you don't have the capacities to perceive the finer essences that are around you yet, because you've jumped up such a high scale that these essences are even finer than the last realm you were in. Right. So you have to redevelop those that capacity to perceive this even finer substance than we've dealt with yet. So it's again, it's the sacrifice of the lesser stone to give birth to the greater stone. And that's right. again, why we sacrifice the grapes and we take it through this process of dying and then being reborn. And that's what fermentation is. Cause it's, it's from that rotting, there's an internal heating up that happens, mm-hmm. but it's, again, it's that secret fire of the yeah. alchemist and it's an internal flame. And that's what's harvesting in us. So what we're doing is we're almost like cutting down the trees so they dry out so that fire is going to light up. But we don't know that. All we see is just trees getting cutting down. So everything that you used to stand for, like everything that used to mean something to you all of a sudden isn't. And you feel you feel very lost. You feel very alone. Yeah, that's why I reading it through this, it has a sense of betrayal throughout a lot of it but it, it, it makes perfect sense i mean i think you did a wonderful job at using the analogy of making wine because that's how i sort of perceived it and and if you were a grape and you were on the journey of that who you know created you you would have this relationship with your creator saying okay so we're going through this process where we think we're going to go through the action and we're going to reap the benefits and then from those benefits we're going to have this you know in this case the lesser stone or in this case a full you know beautiful ripened grape and the grape's like, wait, you're going to do what now? <laughs> you're going to put me where? You're going to put me where for how long? Alone? Like, that makes no sense. Um, so, yeah. So, that has a, a sense of betrayal in it. But you have to just wait it out and understand that what will come on the other side is going to be on a new level or a new octave, um, as we just said. So, yeah. So, that was kind of my my question through, uh, before, like I said, before we got on to recording, that's where it kind of threw me off. And I'm like, wow. So we, we understood everything from conjunction, bringing up those pieces, those, the, the new self, but now we got to take that new self and make it go through sort of another tedious process, but it's not just tedious. It's, it's actually, you know, heinous for a good reason though. And I like that you're using, um, you know, that internal fire because it does require that, you know, and that's why temptation is so high because it's easy to, want to go the opposite direction of of difficulty and especially when you're going through difficulty again when you thought you already went through it once before yeah that's that was pretty much you 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 did a wonderful job of clarifying my questions because that's kind of what i had in mind when i was reading about fermentation but i just thought it was a, a tricky not turn of events, but just sort of like, again if i was a grape (laughs) right or if i was even a farmer who's just you know Uh, wanting to grow grapes i guess it could stop there but there's another level that can be done to you know reap something greater something more different something more um powerful i suppose than than the fruit that you hold in your hand um but it has to be sacrificed and so i really really appreciate your analogies and all that so thank you yeah no absolutely and and you know one thing that we kind of mentioned and it would be good to go kind of back on this because it's been mentioned especially in the, that overview ep- episode of alchemy. So that fourth step, that conjunction gives birth to the child, but that child's a hermaphrodite. 
So it's the male and the female, like the two coming together with the consciousness, but the genitalia is separate. It has both parts. Mm -hmm. So this four step, this fifth step, sixth step, seventh step is the evolution from the hermaphrodite to the androgynous where the genitals are unified. And that's going to be the ultimate unity consciousness. So we're having the strengthening of that soul and spirit is happening Mm -hmm. at this aspect as well. So when that hermaphrodite is born, it's weak like a child, just like a child for nine months is, I don't want to say like useless because they're like adorable, but you can't do anything. You know what I mean? No, I understand. Like you're not like, all right, baby, go get a job at nine months. Like they barely can lift their head after a couple of weeks. So it needs to be nurtured and it's a, it's a struggling thing. You know, raising a child is a struggling thing. And that's kind of what you're doing. You're almost nurturing this, this hermaphrodite, this lesser stone, because it's not out of the, it's not out of danger. It could have that infancy death and it could just die in this stage. If you get negative, if you fall into the despair, if you kind of just give up on the process, this, the child needs protection. Right. And that's why you're going through this dark night of the soul. And it's really important to feel everything. You don't want to put a bandaid on anything at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow because we put band-aids on things without us really knowing them. You know, there's certain obvious band-aids, right? Like if you're actually like taking a prescription drug for depression, you could be like, oh, this is a band-aid. But there's other outlets of distraction and there's other outlets of, you know, trying to nullify something mm-hmm. through maybe alcohol, drugs, whatever it be. But it's very important that the individual actually feels the pain because it needs to feel the pain because it needs to go through the pain to heal. So just like we we kind of experienced right. that pain before, we need to go through this now. And I think this stage really coincides perfect because when you're in that situation of, am I stuck? Did I do something wrong? Why am I in this depressive, dark phase where I don't see anything spiritual? I feel like I'm all alone in the universe this is a perfect time to recall on that last episode, which was Emmett Fox's golden key. Mm -hmm. This is going to help you so much in that time because what you're doing in this, in this, these last couple steps is you're approaching the kingdom of God. So we move, everything proceeds with thought. So if we want to travel to God, we have to think of God. And that's, what's really going to help with this process because you still deal with the pain you still go through the experience, but this is like your, again, it's your lifeline. If you get to a point where you feel like temptation is going to give in and you just can't go on anymore with it, you tap into that golden key, kind of gets you out of it till you get the strength again to kind of go through this pain. But you do have to, you can't avoid this. No. And and I love that you're saying that because this is where you'll find more clarity than you might have before when you go seeking this information again during that time of need. So that's why it's important to actually feel, you know, the repercussions or feel the pain or feel the angst that's upon you, not so that you can suffer in some, you know, um, in, in some sort of evil fashion of like, you know, you must suffer. It's more of that. If you don't feel that discomfort you won't go seeking what will cause you heal um in that discomfort and so i love that you're you're saying that because it's very true people don't like to be in discomfort and they want to you know 
back down from the, the process. But again, as it gets uh, lonelier, lonelier and darker, you find yourself, you know, picking up information from a new perspective that helps you heal um, and helps you heal in a way that, um, as you said earlier, you don't know, but the joy is coming and it'll be a new joy you've never felt. But you won't understand that joy until you understand like how to even perceive it. And this is that process that you have to go through to understand how to perceive the next level of what good will come, you know, um, because if it was just handed to you without this process, you would just miss it. You would just miss, it would go right over your head or you'd be like, I don't know what to even do with this. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. a big believer in, in all steps in regards to, uh, bettering oneself. And I think that, um, that's why we do all the things you do. Like they talk about the, the rock climbing, but any of anything I've subjected myself to that's difficult is only so I can just like have an appreciation on the other side here. We have the fortune of mountains and mountains are just like always the most perfect analogy. You know, they're down below, you go above, you see something from a point of view you didn't before, but to get there, you got to suffer a little bit. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's not easy, you know, people want to turn around. Um, so yeah, I really, really think that going through it, as you're saying, is, is a key, uh, to elevating your chi. Yeah. You know, perfect. Cause what are you generating here is your chi, right? That's what the secret fire is. That so that's energy. a great, yes. It's that internal energy. Right. So we've had experience with it before, but we're now we're, we're almost cutting up the blocks just like how we cleared blocks in calcination. Now we're clearing blocks in that chi channel mm -hmm. through fermentation. We need source energy because this is source energy running through us to come through and help us clean that out. And that's what it's doing. It's just killing everything away. But again, we mistake appearance for reality and we think we are just in this lowest stage of our life. And at this point, it's the alchemist has to go through that meditation that it's always darkest before the dawn. Mm -hmm. And there's that, that sunrise that's going to be happening. And that's something that they need to know. But it's faith and discipline is the only savior of the alchemist at this point. That's what's going to save them. That's what's going to preserve the experience that's going to preserve this process. And that's what's going to continue it going. Mm -hmm. And we see this in movies and throughout the hero's journey Usually the hero is far along on the journey and something happens and it gets trapped in like a cave or there's some kind of darkness. Mm -hmm. And this is the breaking through of seeing a light at maybe the end of a tunnel or maybe a little light breaking through a wall. And this is what's going to represent from that putrefaction to that spiritization. And that's going to be the awakening of this internal essence, this internal light that's going to develop within. Right. And that's going to be the starting the ignition of the secret fire. And that's when the hero comes back with that extra glow. Exactly. And you're like, Oh, I didn't think he could elevate himself to, you know, right. the dead. higher. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this is like when Harry Potter dies and comes back. Exactly. This is why there's always a death in that story. It's this phase. It's that fermentation phase. And that's what we're, we're kind of looking at. So again, that, that persistence, the faith and the discipline and, you know, the idea of, do you trust? Do you believe? This is the phase, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is giving in to the universal process and just really accepting that the universal process is going to work through you. Yeah. The, the story of Abraham very mimics this because, you know, Abraham 
gets old and has challenges, but never loses faith. And that's what that that's also about. So we kind of see that anytime something is just like very persistent and stays to the, stays to the course, no matter what the outside circumstances throw at it is this, this ultimate test that's coming from the above, you yeah. know, because it, the kingdom of God doesn't open up to shortcuts, right? The kingdom exactly. of God doesn't open up the half steps. Like if you, you left you, if you come back, you have to come back fully complete, right? But you can't, there's no shortcut. There's no, there's no life hack to spiritual progress. And that's what it's calling upon. And that's what it's killing inside. So it can actually give birth to the, flourishing and the blossoming of that internal secret fire of the alchemist. Right. Right. So, um, so what we're going to kind of see is this warmth that's going to come from this fermentation is going to be this combination of the secret fire and the secret fire, because it's the, it's two very big components in alchemy. We will do a whole episode on the secret fire as well. I think we're going to go back to a whole episode on the secret fire, probably do a whole episode on the one thing. There's just so much to cover on this material. Mm-hmm. And from the listeners, this is one of the, the favorite processes has been this alchemical process, which is great because I don't think we expected that No, to have the feedback on the alchemical process like we did, but we get so many messages of people being like, this is fantastic, which is which is awesome. Yeah, I mean that's it's been intended to be that um that guiding process for all of us, but I I know what you mean. So like the evolution of what it's have have what's had, what has happened in the bi-weekly sessions um with us inter interweaving all this other information that relates to the next step. It's been, you know, a lot of help even just talking about it with you um off you know, um, the recording, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Like we need to go back a little bit, but also keep going in the direction that we're going to, because we're really sort of breaking down these barriers of, of applicable information, um, in a way that it's already been written for us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 No. And, um, Oh, before I forget, happy birthday, Manly P hall. Oh, that's today. It's today. Happy birthday, Manly P hall. You are the greatest teachers of all teachers, so we're very blessed. But in in respect and in honor of Manly P. Hall, that secret fire, which is something he did countless lectures on, is going to be the coming together of the above and the below. And what we're going to get from the above, which is going to happen in this the spiritual that spiritualization stage, this the latter part of the fermentation, the glowing of that internal flame is we're going to have inspiration from above and imagination from below. Mm. And so we're really, again, we're going to start to encounter experiences that we've never felt before. Right. So we're really going to tap into true inspiration. We've had inspiring moments before, but never true inspiration. We've had glimpses of imagination before, but never true imagination. And that's what's going to present itself. So again, these older forms have to die for this above expression to be able to manifest because there's not room in the body for both. And also they use the same energy. So it's impossible to feed one, you know, both of them the energy. So what one are you going to choose? So when you go through the spiritualization process, you're killing all the aspects that blocked that that chi or that key, you know, that energy, that prana energy 
so it can work through you more clearly. And so you can tap into this above and below, which is inspiration and imagination. Absolutely, man. Right? And yep. then that's what the secret fire is. Yeah. And we'll go really in depth about the secret fire, but we're going through this process of, we've had the spiritual death, we've had the crucifixion. Now this is the rising, that the king has risen, the king has been reborn, and it's now going to continue that process up to the stars. And that's what the, the next two steps are going to kind of entail. Right. And I can't wait to, um, well, great, man. I really appreciate, I mean, again, before we got on, I had a few questions for Daniel, but like, dude, you totally nailed them. Thank you so much. Because I, it's not that that fermentation was super, um, difficult to, to understand it from an, uh, alchemical, you know, aspect, but I did want to, you know, kind of go into the idea of this, um, Again, that betrayal process that mm-hmm. we talked about, but the analogy you made with wine, again, I'm reiterating here, uh, was pretty great. So, yeah, the next two episodes, you know, they'll have a just, oh, man, what I really like about these lessons, if I can really put this together, is that as you read it, you can feel it. And as you feel it, you're prepared for what comes next. And I just really like that, even if you're not ready for this information to be in your life or maybe hasn't happened to you in the steps that you are um you know, having an understanding on just yet, just the reading itself takes you through the alchemical process if you really sort of open up to it. And so it's a beautiful thing, man. I really, I, I really can't wait to, to see what happens after this, because now that we have given not just our listeners, but ourselves uh, a better understanding of the seven stages, what comes after is new for all of us. And it'll be great for everyone who still is on this journey with us. So it's, it's really, really gratifying you know um it's unforeseen and unexperienced territory right right right. so we're like explorers in consciousness exactly which is awesome yes you know and alchemy is the map yeah and that's the map that we've been following um and yeah and you know one thing too that i know we're gonna have a discussion about and we kind of we're gonna approach it today but it kind of deserves its own whole episode as well and that's going to be those primordial elements of sulfur sulfur mercury and salt and that's really what we're going to that's almost the elements of consciousness where the other four elements that we've been speaking about which were the first four steps were the elements of manifestation these three aspects are going to be really elements that create consciousness and that sulfur mercury and salt sulfur is going to kind of represent the will mercury is going to represent that imagination and then salt is kind of the the fruit of the labor is kind of like the earth we're going to kind of go into those three elements as well. So yeah, I think you bring up a good point because I just feel like this alchemical conversation, there's so many new terms that we need to go through. Right. Even when we get through with these seven processes, we're going to be able to go back and look at all of them and you know shed even more light to the secret fire or these right. three elements. Yeah. Right? Actually just going back, back and forth will be, you know, um, will be a process in itself that, sort of illuminates more than we we could have foreseen or what we would have seen. Like for instance, um, I know we talked a lot about the Emerald tablets and so can't wait to bring that back up, yeah. you know, because the Emerald tablets will describe these elements we're talking about and they'll describe um, other things that we probably already covered um, as we've covered a lot of this in this, this um, these, these last five stages, but also before all of this, mm-hmm. even just the principles we brought up. So, that's what I'm really excited to, to, to do here is to sort of, as students of the occult or understanding this information, actually in real time, you're seeing us sort of open up and develop 
um, a better understanding of what we've already like thought we, we had covered, but you know, we shouldn't even use that word covered because it's like, you know, you can't really cover it. It's sort of so infinite that it really just all sort of spirals. And we talked about that for a long time, you know, mimicking like what we see in the universe and how everything sort of spirals in, in, in that way where it just sort of adds more to it, but it keeps kind of moving in conjunction, um, in this rotating fashion. So, you know, we're never going linear, you know what I yeah. mean? And so, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And you know, too, when we were just kind of speaking about those, the three primordial elements of mercury, sulfur, and salt, realize that we didn't address the metal of this step, which is mercury. And we'll go more into depth oh, yeah. what mercury represents because mercury plays such a big part in the alchemical experience. So when we break down those three elements, we'll really kind of look at that planet. But what Mercury is going to represent in this step is really important because Mercury is the representation of Hermes or Thoth or Mercury of Rome, Mm -hmm. who is the teacher of alchemy. So in this process, when we get through this putrefaction and we get the spiritualization, at the end of fermentation, we are now met by a new guide. So just how Virgil did not stay with Dante on the whole journey, this is the transferring over. So Virgil has taken us to the spot that he can take us, mm-hmm. and now he's handing us off to Hermes, Mercury. And Mercury is going to be the guide for the last three steps because Virgil was in this realm. Mercury, Hermes is in that realm. Right. So we have this alchemical connection that's going to happen, and this is where you are now working directly with the author of the the tablet. Right. Right. And also, you know, this mercury phase and fermentation, and we talk about fermentation and just the the advancements that fermentation did to civilizations is the same advancement that fermentation does to the human, Mm. the individual soul. Because what fermentation allowed was if you had a cup of flour that could feed you for maybe a day, if you have a cup of flour and you ferment it and put it in the oven, now you can feed your entire family that day. Right. So we have this ability for population to grow, new souls to get here. The evolution of consciousness speeds up drastically after fermentation. Mm-hmm. And even like the experiences that happen adversely with fermentation, like you got too drunk. Well, that was an experience you probably learned a big lesson from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sped up consciousness. So fermentation has such a big say for good or bad or just fun. But we're, we're having that connection. We're, we're climbing that ladder, and now we have a new guide. Just like in Dante's Inferno, Virgil does not take him all the way up to paradise. Right. He can only go so far. And he, he tells him, like, you know, I could take you through hell, which we had that guide through that air sign. I could take you to the fourth step, but the fifth step, now, now you're on to him. Yeah. And that's that connection, and that's the guide we're looking for. This is the alchemist that comes when alchemists would write in these manuscripts, this is the alchemist that comes who whispers the final secret in your ear. And it's this embodiment of, again, Thoth, Hermes, Trismegistus, and it's Mercury, right? right? And that's that connection. And we'll just kind of go back to that episode on Mercury and kind of think about that planet and what that planet entailed, because it plays such a big process in alchemy, because it's not only an archetype within this realm, but also on that celestial creation realm of the all-knowing. Right. And so that's what we're going to kind of see. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the spiritual aspects of fermentation and everything that comes with it, it really is this this beautiful idea and just the idea of, you know, applying heat, 
without a direct flame. It's that internal flame. It's the higher octave of heat. Right. Right. It's that internal realization. It takes a different kind of energy in order to process and then to um, expel a new kind of energy. Yes. You know, um, again, I li- I really like the analogy of, you know, making it more plentiful or at least, you know, giving uh, rise to more consciousness by the process of fermentation, as you just mentioned with your um, analogy to bread. And like we just talked about with wine and, and it's just, you know, something we we've been seeing forever in history. Right. right. So, and you know, like fermentation, great phase to listen to. I didn't even think about this and we've repeated this before, but fermentation, a great mantra to have is the sky is not falling. We are rising. Right. Cause what do you do? Like what happens to bread that, gets fermented it rises right right it's that it kind of comes up to the top and you know and also in alchemical mandalas because i know that that's a big interest and we're going to do an entire visual lesson that we're going to set up on alchemy we're really going to kind of break down mandalas and we'll make sure we get access to you guys for that but the art is a little bit unique in this phase because we're dealing with the true imagination this phase has the most variations of diagrams and representations right you have like the decomposing you have the male and the female in a a darkened vessel making love there's so many aspects to the swan that comes at the end with the putrefication you have two big representations for both of these miniature steps within fermentation right and there's a lot of art that kind of comes from that and just to reiterate about the application i know we spoke about it Spiritual fasting is very important. You can, this is a great thing to use during fermentation, deep meditation, you know, active meditation. This is a opportunity if you are comfortable and to use psychedelics, right? This is going to be a psychedelic experience. And this is what, this is what you tap into when you do psychedelics, especially like mushrooms, ayahuasca, just, just think about it. Before you have that bliss, sometimes there's a death that comes before that. You, What you do in psychedelics is you jump into the stage of fermentation. You're seeing through the eyes of God when you do these psychedelics. Right. Now, depending on you know, where you are in spiritual development, your capacity for spiritual information, your physical environment, you know, you're going to see more of that God lens than other times. But that's what you're doing in psychedelics. You are kind of jumping into the waters of fermentation and that process. But what you want to do and what the goal of this process is to be able to bathe in that bliss that comes from that fermentation and that light later on as the mystic, because that's what the mystic bathes in. You know, what we jump into when we do psychedelics and we splash around for a little bit, sometimes we drown, sometimes we have the best day ever. You know, sometimes it's like a lazy river. You know what I mean? Like it depends on the psychedelic experience, but we're just playing in the waters that the mystic bathes in, right. lives in. And that's what our goal is. And that's, that's what we're kind of, you know, making our way through. So there is this, this light at the end of the tunnel that kind of comes at the end of this fermentation, but the process isn't done. We're going to go through that distillation stage and then the coagulation and then in that coagulation stage, we're going to make our way back down right. to share the secret with others. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, fermentation. Fermentation, man. man. So cool. It is. It you is. Know? And again, it's a, 
it can be a dark period. And I really like that you brought the ayahuasca um, aspect to it because I know you did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I love the, the, no, just like psychedelics, like you're saying, bathing in it. um, It's true. I mean, when the new self wants to know more about what's beyond uh, what it's, you know, learned so far, you kind of have to go to that dark place and, and, you know, let parts of your, belief system sort of rot away and sort of resurface back with a new understanding of, you know, why you had to go through that pain. And so I, I really think that the analogy between, you know, what, what happens physically in fermentation and what happens spiritually is, is like right on point, at least from my perspective, from listening to you right now. Um, and I hope it's the same for, for the listener, because I know some people might go, well, we don't really do psychedelics. And I'm like, no, but you should, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but one of the things is, um, <clears throat> you know, when you're ready is when you find yourself, you know, taking that step or taking that, that approach into, um, understanding fermentation. Cause most people, when they do, whether it's curiosity got to them or not, it's just wanting to know what, you know, a period in time like that could do for them in order to either see from a different point of view or feel from a different point of view. And so you'll never find someone who's just like, so reluctant that they still do it anyways. They're mm-hmm. just more like, no, okay, I'm a little bit reluctant, but like convince me. I'm like, I don't have to because you're already here. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, too, really, and this is just the the old cook aspect of me, but when we think about fermentation, it really is this, this later stage, because I feel like we didn't talk about the spiritualization as much as I would have liked to, but I think we'll kind of cover that more in the dark night of the soul that that download you kind of get that mm. spiritual download that yeah. comes from fermentation that latter part when we kind of reconnect to that light and the finishing of that fermentation process it makes you more connected to the universe right just like when you put food through this process so you take bread and say you use commercial yeast if you're just eating the bread it's really like your mouth is really dry and that's why people put olive oil down and they dip their bread in like an oil, some kind of fat to cut that bread up. If you get a truly sourdough loaf of bread, when you put that bread on your mouth, your mouth starts to water. You don't need a fat to transport to break right. down that bread because it's been spiritualized. Yeah. It's gone through this alchemical process exactly. and it has a connection to you to your body intuitively knows how to handle it. What's alive like you are. You, it's alive like you are and the body recognizes it because the body doesn't recognize commercial yeast. No. You know, and it, this whole thing about, and the celiac is its own thing, right? But this whole trend that happened with gluten-free, a lot of the people who are gluten-free it's probably the process of all the chemicals that they put in bread and the commercial yeast. But you look at bread, bread needs to have flour, water, and salt. Right. If you're using a starter and you're actually using the yeast, it's, it's only three ingredients and that's all bread should be. So it's so funny. We create this whole industry for gluten-free. And I was an herbalist for a long time, so I definitely understand that celiac is a real thing. And you, you right. eventually, you cannot eat bread and you need to do gluten-free. But there was a big trend for a while, and I think it's kind of kind of dwindling down, but some people it really helps them. And I think that's great. But sometimes I think the allergy for some of those people was more just the bread that they were eating had so many ingredients oh, in it absolutely. and these commercial yeast, you know? And so when they took that out, they had that. And that's great. Like if you found a product that yeah. works for you, I'm not ever going to direct you on like your diet. But you're absolutely right. But though. just be aware of it. Yeah. Right. And, and But the process that you're talking about, right. I really like that. You're So 
because of the additives and all that that happened in, in most of our country and, and at least in the U.S., you have a reaction to that. And that reaction is that people want something, you know, that's more purified, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so nobody likes inflammation. Inflammation causes angst and angst causes more problems. Mm-hmm. And so I think people really had to like go through that process in order to um, have an appreciation for this basic level of making something we all like to eat. So, you know, once again, you have to go through the distillation. You can't cut corners. You know what I mean? Like some people cut corners and then the corners that were cut, you know, had their repercussions from people noticing that it just didn't sit well with them. Right. Um, Yeah. That's, I I love that you bring that up. Absolutely. So. And even how like kombucha makes you feel better, you know, like if you've had a big meal and you drink a kombucha, it kind of helps break everything down. It's that fermentation process. It's those probiotics. Yeah. It's that spirit energy you're kind of putting into yourself. Absolutely. That love that we talked about on, uh, on the episode of what we put into our food is, is very, very, very important. And I think that's why we have a great appreciation for food in this country. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember being in France and I was so, uh, I was like, I'm never leaving France. Uh, really like, <laughs> really like France. France, but one of the things about it was the the amount of food that I was able to digest and uh, and eat. I, I, my digestive system is terrible, and so I'm really quick to pick up all these, um, you know, additives and stuff in my body because it just doesn't sit well. I was always envious of people running and doing whatever they wanted after eating a meal, and I was like, man, I'm moody now, and I yeah. feel like you know stiff. And so when I was in France, I was like, love. I love France. I'm never leaving here, mm-hmm. but I know that's just Europe and how they, the, the process that they didn't um, take on was the one that we did in the States for a while, which is, you know, over-processing and, and not going through the actual steps that they've gone through, through centuries. And so the lesson learned here is don't cut corners during okay. fermentation, let the process take place. And then, you know, there's um, no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. Yeah. You know, and even like, it's cool. Like you even look like the Swiss and you look at Swiss cheese and it actually has those holes in it. And that's from the fermentation bubble. It's like the air glass is blowing through. My favorite thing when I had the restaurant was when like, cause we had like the Cubano and it would have like Swiss cheese and people be like, oh, I don't like Swiss. I don't like the holes. My favorite thing would be like, oh, if you don't like the holes, just eat around them. And that was my favorite <laughs> joke. Nobody ever thought it was funny. And every time I like, bent over laughing like oh, i just thought it was the great. funniest thing in the way i've never said, heard just, that before oh yeah like someone says they don't like swiss cheese because of the holes just oh just eat around them if you would have said that to me as you're handing me the sandwich so you're not really giving me a choice to turn it back in and i was like nine i would have eaten the sandwich and probably gone like over halfway to know that like wait you can't huh right so yeah well, I think that's why I find it so funny because I don't think I got it for a yeah. long time. And then it finally hit me like on an elevator once and I just started laughing. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Um, well, cool. Um, so yeah, next week we'll we'll go right into uh, the dark night of the soul and really kind of understand that darker process um, that one has to go through in order to come out and finish the, the entire seven stages. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean... I guess there's not much more I need to add to to this as we're coming to the end, but we'll definitely have um, the next few episodes that are coming up really directed towards what we're going to do for the next year. Um, so that's really, really, really important that we're about to approach uh, a year, I think in about like a month or so, uh, maybe a little longer. Yeah, I think it's like May 11th or yeah. May 13th or something. Yeah, right after your birthday. 52 weeks. Yeah. Right? So, so I'm excited that we're setting ourselves up for that. So... Thanks again. Thanks for being so patient through all of this, through obviously Daniel and I's discussions of what we study and what we like to um, 
ramble on about. And uh, yeah. Did we become best friends? I think we did. I think we did. (laughs) All right, man. Um, Until next time. Until next time.